0: Monday, January fifth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser, and from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Happy 2015, gentlemen. Happy.
1: 2015. So far, so good. So yeah. <laughs> five days in. Gee,
2: you're shaving up to be a great one, Chris.
0: <laughs> Exactly. It's all. It's just all sunshine and rainbows from here. Um, let's let's talk about 2015 because let's face it, there's not a ton going on in the news today, and I am curious. How you guys are viewing the year as investors, and let's start with this, Taylor every year at this time, there are companies that really need you know in in sports it's coaches who are on the hot seat, yeah sure, and it's the same sort of so whether it's a CEO who needs a really good 2015 or a company or an industry, who's on the hot seat, who really needs a big twenty fifteen
1: Well, on the day, oil dropped below $50 a barrel. Uh, Big oil, Exxon, Chevron, Royal Dutch Shell, and BP, and a few other European peers, that's who I'm looking at, because they should have been best prepared to weather a downturn in oil prices. Um, I'm looking at these guys trimming a lot of CapEx. Hopefully, they're going to pour some of that money back into the business, creating greater efficiencies. It has been all about growth the past few years. They're trying to catch up with the smaller independent companies that have been more mobile. Uh, have finally gotten access to cheap capital, and they've been able to catch up in the U.S. at least. So now I'm looking at these companies, particularly Exxon and Chevron, because they've got the best margins of the group. Um, they all pay a dividend. Payout ratios are all generally under 50. percent So those are safe. But I'm looking to, for these companies to to kind of weather the storm a little bit better and come out at the end when oil prices finally start to rise, possibly with even better margins than they entered this downturn, because now they can focus on, you know, shoring up. The business, rather than spending billions of dollars on deepwater LNG projects that probably aren't going to be worth anything for the next couple of years.
0: You just reminded me of something uh, that is is one of those topics that's kind of boring and we don't focus on all that much, but I think it's incredibly important, not just for the companies you mentioned, but for others as well. And the phrase you used was "cheap capital." Do not un- no one should underestimate the benefit over the last couple of years of how cheap it has been for companies to raise money to borrow money and that is one of those things where as soon as the cost of capital starts to increase it's almost like a double pinch on companies like that
1: yeah especially if they don't have the ability to pay for the debt that they've accumulated and that's what's happened with a lot of these smaller companies that needed a hundred dollar oil to generate cash flow they could be looking at, A, not being able to fund the, the interest, but also higher interest if they need to roll over that debt to keep uh, to keep solvent. So, uh, yeah, the the smaller companies I'm kind of staying away from right now, and I want to see big oil um, keep the ship from sinking in the whole entire oil industry um, for the next year, because I think it's going to be another 6 to 12 months before it's stabilized. Jason, what about you?
2: So, I've got a twofer. Okay, I'm bringing 2015, I'm bringing the heat. Coming here. in hot. Two ideas. Two um, ideas. <laughs> No, I think I think the one obvious I think a lot of people probably are thinking about is I think Dick Costolo, the CEO of Twitter, is is in dire need of a good year. I think he, um, I mean, he had a rough 2014. Or he needs
0: another World Cup.
2: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, yeah, the World Cup certainly wouldn't hurt. I think, um, you know, I look at it's interesting. I think that with Twitter, I mean, Costolo has it appears to be a, a good reputation within the business. Uh, employees seem to like him, um, but but there are questions as to whether he's really the guy to lead this company forward. And trying to sort of figure out how to monetize its model and in what directions, you know, in which it can go, and that's understandable. I think you know, I look at something like Twitter. I think that uh, the market's not paying up a whole heck of a lot for it right now. I think there is there's a lot of pessimism out there, and that's it's understandable. You know, if you don't have the right leader. You know, at the helm, that can always be changed, and and we've seen certainly some, some shuffle uh, there in and in, uh, in Anthony Notto, who is there now as the CFO or COO. I'm sorry, um, or no CFO. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I think think that he and Costello make a good team. Uh, he he was part of of uh, you know helping Twitter go public as he was working as an investment banker, um, but but I think that you know with 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 Costello he he definitely needs to he needs to chalk up a couple of wins I think early on uh, to have to have people feeling a little bit a little bit better the shares are down about forty percent last year so shareholders uh, who bought at the highs weren't feeling weren't feeling too good about that uh, at the beginning of this year. You know, I, I think that there are a lot of different ways Twitter can go. There's a lot of optionality there, and, and I think that uh, you know ultimately it will be a successful company because it's so ingrained now. It's basically the operating system of, of news and entertainment in so many ways. Uh, but but it really it really needs uh, someone someone or a team with some really great ideas to help them make that push forward. And if, if Costello doesn't have a great 2015, I think that you'll, cons- you'll you'll continue to see sort of the pressure ratchet up on him. Uh, and, and if that's the case, you, you probably will see a shuffle there in the CEO office at some point. Uh, the other company I, I, I'm a little bit less optimistic about is, is the Container Store. I think that uh, CEO Kip Tyndall, Really had a tough 2014 in a number in a number of ways. I think he had a lot of growing pains as a publicly traded company. and The shares did very well right after the IPO, but since then they just continued to miss expectations quarter after quarter after quarter. And it wasn't just missing expectations; it just turning in lackluster results. And there's nothing that indicated that this business is is really firing on all cylinders, as Ron Grosses once say. Um, it, the thing that concerns me about the, the container store is, is there's far less optionality, right? I mean, we know what they do; they sell and expensive containers at that. So, I'm not necessarily uh, sure that a lot of people are out there uh, looking to go install $2,000, $3,000 closet solutions in their house, uh, which is really you know what the container, door, uh, container store does so well. They do a great job of it, I'm just not quite sold on the market opportunity there. And so, with Tyndall, as much as he uh, focuses on his employees and, and the culture of the company, which I applaud, I think that's great, That'll only take you so far, right? That the numbers tell us the story, and if he's not if he's not bringing these good numbers here for 2015, uh, I, I think you have to really wonder about this company because they do have a lot of debt. Uh, there are concerns about how much they can grow there, and, and so when you look at that, particularly in this big box retail space, I mean, there's a lot of challenges left for them.
0: We'll find out pretty quickly because I think they report earnings on Thursday of yeah. this week. So uh, let's move on to we talk about putting stocks on our watch list. I'm curious, what is, if not the top stock on your watch list right now? Maybe it's in the top three, and also, what is the catalyst that you're looking for to push it over into the buy category?
1: Well, it's kind of already a buy in my mind. I dipped my toe into BlackBerry um, a couple months ago, and I think that 2015, uh, it's heading in on a on a good note, not a high note, but they they're cash flow positive for the first time in in several years last quarter. Um, They released earnings, and the market sold off about 8%. But once people started to read into it a little bit more, it bounced right back. Sales were down, but that's because they cleared out a lot of their inventory of their lower-priced items. So now they're ready to to fill those shelves back with the new Passport and classic phone. Um, And then, Sony, the Sony scandal with uh, the interview movie. Created some positive headlines for BlackBerry. You saw the executives, quote unquote, dusting off their old Blackberries so that they could bring those out because of storage. Of the security. Right? Yeah, so they could use the secure uh, BlackBerry platform. And so I think in 2015, if you see some more um, security breaches like you've seen at Target and Home Depot and Sony, that could really bring this company back to the forefront. People continue to talk about their security being the only thing that they have, but if that happens. Security only having security could be a very good thing for this company, even though they have a few different other avenues that I think uh, could really propel this company forward.
0: You know, it's interesting because th- you you mentioned the security breaches at Target and Home Depot and that sort of thing, and the numbers. I, I, I think those type of breaches, where it's credit card information or mm-hmm. debit card information that was compromised, I believe it was somewhere in the neighborhood of four hundred different occurrences in twenty fourteen. And I remember there was an article, I think, in the Wall Street Journal or maybe the New York Times about how, for a lot of people, it's just sort of this nonchalant, like, well, yes. Because if you think about it, that's more than one a day, Mm -hmm. more than one of those types of security breaches where it's your money at stake. And people are just sort of shaking that off. In some ways, I think the Sony hack hits people at a much more gut level because it's really easy for people to look at that story Mm -hmm. and imagine... And think about every email they've written and comments that they've made about sure. coworkers or, or anything like that and think, well, wait a minute, what if, what if that was made public? Like, it's one thing to say, uh, my credit card was hacked, I have to, it's kind of a pain in the butt to mm-hmm. go to my bank and get a new card. And you've pointed out time and time again, Jason, look, they're going to make you whole. If, if it's a credit card, they're going to make you whole. Whereas, if your email gets hacked
1: Yeah, your dirty laundry comes out, it's tough to recover from that. I mean, yeah, and that's that was affecting employees. So, um, you're not just affected as a consumer anymore from these security breaches. And you mentioned a lot of them were credit card, but BlackBerry believes that it's got a, it's got a place in the Internet of Things that, as far as securing the data that's collected from all these devices. So that could also be an avenue that they could play this in their QNX, uh, their QNX software.
2: It's more transparency than ever before. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it really is for the good and for the bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Jason, what's at, atop your stock watch list these this days? Is
2: really interesting. And I posed this question on Twitter a little while back to see, you know, what out there, who, who out there, what was the one stock they wanted to add to their portfolio for 2015? I got a, a lot of great responses. A lot of businesses that we love here. The one that, um, the one that I've been keeping my eye on actually is Zillow. It, back in July. Of, of 2014, I actually went in caps and I gave Zillow a thumbs down, but it was based on the valuation. It was I, I have no problems with this business per se. I think it's actually a very strong business and a strong brand that's done a tremendous job in the short time that it's been public. And you remember when they first went public? I mean, I, I know I was I was very hard on the company. Oh yeah. uh, Their their information was inaccurate. I didn't really you know i i just didn't feel like they necessarily had that much runway there if they were going to keep on dishing out that information that wasn't dependable and i think the zestimate was always easy to make fun of too um it still is it still is i mean to 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 your point it definitely still is um but but you know i think that what what they have done in a short amount of time um is really i think turn a lot of people's opinions about what they are actually doing i understand why a lot of real estate agents out there don't like zillow because they are you know threatening their position? I mean, it's giving it's giving consumers more information now than they could have ever had before in what traditionally has been a very murky market. I mean, you kind of you just more or less had to hire a high real estate agent and then just trust everything in what they said and did. Now uh, there there is more information than ever before, and. and Personally speaking, I'm really encouraged about the rental market, and Zillow is continuing to build out that position in the rental market. Uh, because you know, whether it be home purchases or or rentals, I mean, housing is one of those markets that it's never going to go away. I think as our country continues to grow, and the population will continue to grow over time, that continues to grow their market. Ah, uh, there is a tremendous market opportunity out there in, in regard to just the premier agents that they're hiring. Uh, U.S. real estate real estate agents spent around eight billion dollars on residential advertising uh, last year. Real estate developers an additional one point three billion, and there's more than six and a half billion spent in the rental market. Uh, so when you look at that, you look at the company's strategy of consolidation. I think they're going to wrap up this Trulia acquisition. It's going to give them a lot more eyeballs, and and the longer they build this out, the more t- the more difficult it becomes to replicate that. Position, and I think that that's going to be a really tough hurdle to clear for any competitors out there.
0: So we were talking before we started taping. I mentioned uh, over the holiday I was in Arizona for a few days. I was in Sedona and uh, at my sister-in-law's house, and I'm flipping through a copy of Sedona Monthly magazine. And and for anyone who hasn't been, it-
2: what's new out there? You sound so high-cotton when you say Sedona. <laughs> Sedona. Mother. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an
0: absolutely beautiful part of the country and, and definitely worth, worth the trip. So, I'm flipping through this magazine, and I come across this um, one-page column from clearly uh, someone who is a local real estate agent. And I read this thing, and it's basically this guy. The first half of the column is all about the dangers of Zillow. Oh, nice. And it's just it's just you, you know for you him do, or for the bot. <laughs> Well, that's a thing. And I'm reading those and I'm like ha, ha, ha. and ultimately this guy acknowledges I think because possibly an editor got to him and said you can't just write a column just ripping Zillow. <laughs> but it was it was one of these like, well, you know, Zillow they there's, there's some questions about the information, you know, but it's just it's one data point, but you really want to work with an agent. Yeah. And and it's totally I get the self-interest, I get all of that, but I just I couldn't help but think wow, this is a, a little bit like the local video store, where it's like, you know, Netflix with their recommendation engine, I mean, you, you know, that's that's fine and all, but here at, at Joe's Video Emporium, we've got the the shelf that's the employee recommendations. You, you want to check that out, you too. You don't
1: have to rewind your VHS tapes, either. <laughs> uh,
0: before we wrap up, give me one reckless prediction for 2015. And this is Go reckless here. Go go with. I mean, I, go back a year ago, and Ron Gross made the reckless prediction that Amazon was going to buy Radio Shack, which by the time 2014 wrapped up, it it, it was looking more and more like a possibility. Yeah. But still, kind of a reckless prediction. Taylor, what do you got for me?
1: So not so reckless in my mind, but maybe in some others. Uh, Bojangles, the hottest uh. IPO of 2015. It's going to show Noodles & Co., it's going to show Potbelly, it's going to show El Pollo Loco. Bojangles is fried chicken? Uh, Fried chicken, Bowberry biscuits, biscuits and gravy.
2: The Jangler. You never heard of that? It's like the best sweet tea. Out there, season fries, self serve. I mean, it's 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 relatively southern. I mean, I grew up in South Carolina. I was going to say
0: this is a regional, Southeast United States. It is
1: Charlotte based. I think they've got one in uh, Union Station here in DC. You're saying this is
0: going to be the IPO of 2015, bigger than Uber,
2: bigger than not valuation wise. Okay, it is IPOing though.
1: Yeah, they've well, they're talking to banks in November, and they they want to come out with an IPO that might value them around a billion dollars. You
0: know what? Why not? If I was a restaurant chain and I saw what Potbelly's did with their (laughs) IPO,
1: why not? That's right. It's your only hope of tasting it up here, because I hope they expand further with that money, further north. All right, but you you
0: recommend, for someone like me who's never been, you recommend just sort of the biscuits and fried chicken.
2: Chicken biscuit, seasoned fries, sweet tea, you'll get it.
1: Okay. With the honey you mustard to dip the fries in. <laughs> also, understand. if you're really feeling hungry, the, the chicken biscuit supreme, you get the egg, the chicken, and you, <laughs> oh, lettuce, God. tomato, and bacon. Yeah, ultimate nah, can, breakfast. Nah, if you nah, got a long day- a in the hospital. I was, right. was
2: going to say in heart paddles. Well, you if got you got a long day in the field, it's delicious. <laughs> Uh, Jason, what do you got? Okay, I'm I, I'm going to go a, a little bit reckless here, I guess. I predict that embattled and eradicated former CEO of of Abercrombie and Fitch, Mike Mike Jeffries, he's going to resurface post Abercrombie and Fitch At with Twitter, a, <laughs> with a revolutionary style-oriented app that Facebook will then buy sight unseen. <sighs> If that's not reckless, I don't know what is.
0: We gotta wrap. I don't up want there. to
2: need to get a have a
0: Exactly. All right. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Rick Engel. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.